Let's begin now. Monday night, Victory Monday in Kansas City. A little bit different than the last two weeks. Kind of different than the year. All in general, normally it's uh Chiefs Kingdom show. That'll be tomorrow night. Mitch Holtis off Ward Road, I believe, is the location. I know that's the location. I know I'm questioning myself. But Victory Monday. I haven't had a haven't had a Victory Monday in quite some time. Feels kind of nice. Feels kind of nice. A lot of uh eye-opening stuff over the weekend. Needless to say, um, I enjoyed, I want to take this like from a personal standpoint. I rarely do this, but I enjoyed recording this game and going back and watching it. So you you did end up doing all the golfing. Oh yeah. Dude, there was no one on the course. We played in like three hours. It was great. Shot an 80 in the middle of winter. Actually, I don't think winter actually technically starts until Friday. Yeah. But whatever. That's pretty good, though. That's really good. I was happy with it. One breakfast ball, for those of you that are familiar with that. It was on hole two. Top the drive, re-teed. After that, every shot counted. So, I'm not someone out here that lies about their golf score. I'm not that guy you went to middle school with. It's like, yeah, I've got a girlfriend. You don't know her. She doesn't go to this school, but we're good. Um, But, no, it is Victory Monday. Just to remember to mark your calendars, Friday, January 12th, Starting at 6 p.m. at Center Block Brewery, we will be doing the Playoff Pilsner Year 3, third annual Playoff Pilsner release. I'll be broadcasting live starting at 6 p.m. Uh, the entire 610 Sports Radio staff will be there present. F325 Barbecue will be doing a special tailgate menu with wings, loaded mac and cheese, and barbecue sandwiches. Again, everybody from 610 will be there, including myself. I'll do the whole after-hour show uh, from there. It'll be the second year I've done it. Uh, first year, I basically just sat with Binkley. We just, like, drank beer and talked sports. I think you were doing that too, Chris. I think it was just like all three of us. Isn't this your third? Because you've done it the last two times we've yes. done it, right? Yeah. So this will be your third year. Third straight year. Mm-hmm. Can't wait. I do love that place. Like, that's a great, like, day drinking date spot. And then you just slide over to Chicken and Pickle and have yourself a little evening. Then you can do whatever from there on. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great place. It's a great location. It's like, could you imagine a stadium being down there? I'm kidding. I'm not, I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into that. Um... But I did, uh, you know how the boss will email, uh, you know, certain things to us randomly. You just kind of get that instead of like the chain email, it kind of just goes to you personally. And you're like, "Uh oh, what did I do? Or did something happen? So a couple weeks ago, I was filling in for Carrington on Fox 4. And somebody emailed Spec, like literally found his email and said it should be a shame that I didn't wear red on Red Friday on the news. Oh, Dude, I'm dead serious. Like they so, went out of their way to email spec. Yeah, dude. That you didn't wear your you didn't wear red on Red Friday on yeah. Fox Four. Dude, dead serious. He said it was somewhere along like can't believe dumbass Dusty didn't wear red. His dumbass should be fired somewhere along those lines because I didn't wear red on Red Friday on the news. <laughs> so then I get another text from the boss. He got another email. I don't know what's going on with your boy, but he gets a message and it says, Dusty should look into asking my daughter out. That's how it starts. We are Lee Summit people. I enjoy listening to him. 
My daughter's name is blank. Her number is blank. She went to Lee Summit. She teaches at Blue Valley. She went to Northwest. She's 30, never married. Why are people emailing my boss to get me in on a date? Get a picture, dog. See what happens. I, my Two questions go into my head immediately. One, does the daughter know that dad's doing this with the boss of mine? And two, the show must be really good to offer your daughter to myself. We must be doing something right to go find the boss's email, let him know what's going on, and let Dusty dictate where he goes from there. Hey, how'd you find out about me? Well, your dad emailed my boss. It's over. What a world that we live in. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, my first caveat is I need a picture first. Like, I, I got to know what you look like first. Oh, my. Did not think that's how we were going to start Victory Monday. And I know Speck got that email way earlier in the day. And then he sends me a text at like 4.30 when he knows that I arrived to the office, knows that I'm polishing the rundown together, and then throws that in there. What does Spectre know that I don't know? He was using that as a little boost before the show. What a what a boss, man. Like, you do that at the, right before? Had to get you feeling yeah. yourself a little bit before I you guess. go on here. I was already feeling myself. I like Mondays. I don't know what it is. I'm one of those weird people. I like Mondays and Fridays. You can keep Tuesday through Thursday. I, I mean, Fridays are great, but the I best. Hate, hate Mondays. Yeah. Monday lets you know at least you got another week to get ready for. You're there. Last week's over. Started off hot. Pete Sweeney will join the show at 615. You're listening to After Hours and 610 Sports Radio, 913-586-7610. Chiefs win against New England. Uh, they took care of business. And to me, I guess the one thing that really stuck out was silver for two guys. I think we can come to realization that we don't need to see any more from Kadarius Tony. Obviously, the news this morning, Sky Moore was put on the injured reserve list. His regular season is over. Um, but Andy was also asked after the game about Kadarius Tony and about everything, you know, that went on in this game. I understand that it's, you know, been frustrating all year. But I have a take on this that I think we can all agree upon. Any plans to... Uh sit Tony, take him out of the lineup for a little while until things turn around with him? Yeah, we'll just, we'll see how things go. I'm, I'm not down on Tony. Um, he does some good things, man. So we just got to keep, he's a young guy, Adam. So we're, we're not talking about somebody that uh, has been in this league a long time. So it's interesting to know that, you know, you hear that obviously your head coach is going to stick up for the entire army that is his, you know, roster of NFL players. But man, at some point, right, we've all been there whatever level of sports we played, whatever sort of profession you work in, it's a certain amount of times where it's finally, you just have to be like, you know what? It is what it is. And we saw the reaction from the quarterback after the pass that we all know was tipped in the air. And then it was, you know, bobbled or whatever dropped right in his hands. And at least interception, you see the frustration from Patrick Mahomes. And that is, I think, well-deserved. I know a lot of people last week were calling him a crybaby, saying he's pouting, whatever. We did that topic already. But there's only a certain amount of times that you get, and some of the people that watch and listen and, and are you know 100% committed to the Chiefs and those fans, they were over it the second time he messed up. And in my opinion, Kadarius Tony was somebody that you could use the cliche of walking on thin ice, right? 
it's the student in the classroom. You've been warned over and over and over again. The next time you're getting kicked out, you're probably going to serve an in-school suspension or an in-school detention. And people then, at that point when it does happen, they don't really have any remorse. You know, maybe that kid that's always acting up in class has a rough home life, and they just don't understand. But this was Kadarius Tony's back-to-back game where something was catastrophically wrong under his control, right? The Detroit Lions game, we rode that one out. Everyone kind of had their opinion. I don't think it was a full swing on, I'm done with it. You look at the offsides call, and everyone sees that, and that was probably 75% of people to be like, you know what, the hell with it. It was, it was a good idea. I understand that the technique is there. I understand the ability to be there, but we're just always seeing setback instead of stepping forward. And then this week, the interception, the emotion on Patrick Mahomes' face, the kind of the demeanor of everybody after it happened was just like, again? All right. You know, we try to stick up for this guy, but again, it's a mistake after a mistake after a mistake, and kind of costly. Luckily, again, you've got a really damn good defense that can defend you and help you out in games when stuff like that happens. But if that happens in the playoffs, which it most possibly could because it's happened all year, you just can't afford that. And we've seen this in the past where fumbles by all pros, not at the time maybe they were all pros, but fumbles by LaShawn McCoy, by Le'Veon Bell, those guys, they were punished. Sorry, we can't trust you to do this. So what's that mean? We're taking away your snap counts. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, same thing. Or not Clyde Edwards-Alaire, great game. Uh, Sky Moore, fantastic game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire, by the way. But for Sky Moore to do it again, now saved by the penalty, it's one of those things where, again, where do you put these things in the long run? Can you afford to do that in a game in January when the two seed meets the seventh seed, maybe like a Buffalo? You can't afford those penalties in those crucial times. You've been screwed by penalties, or by not penalties, but by drop passes and fumbles and stuff like that throughout the regular season. It's affected the record and affected the seeding the way you'd like to see it. But I think it's just time to end it. Like the experiment was fun. The second year, sophomore year for Sky Moore is officially done. Do the IR move. And Canarius Tony, your role has to be diminished because you can't trust somebody in a situation where it could fluctuate a game in the way that it did. So you can always be like, hey, they got the ability, they got it, but at what point does it cost too much to hope that what they have can bring you something else? I'll say this. I respect his talent. I don't think, I don't think anybody in Chiefs Kingdom who is speaking logically can say that he's not a talented wide receiver. But there comes a time where you make so many mistakes that your presence on the field is a detriment even above the talent that you present. Like Andy is not wrong when he says like he does some good things for the offense. He absolutely does. The problem is that when he has to make, when they need a crucial play and they trust him with the ball, it just always seems like he makes a mistake. The, the tipped pass against the lions. That was basically the difference in the game. The, uh, play w- that we saw yesterday where he tips the ball up, pick, led to a touchdown. Obviously, it was inconsequential at the end of the game, but if they had played a better team, it could have been consequential. Him lining up off sides, great play that he made on that play, but it doesn't matter because you lined up off sides and base, this is basic stuff that a wide receiver does when they check to make sure that they're mm-hmm. on side. And it's just like, 
man, like I and I'm a Florida fan for those of y'all don't know. So I watched him in college uh-huh. and I could not have advocated any less for him if the Chiefs would have been in the position to take him in the first round of 21. Uh-huh. I was telling people I didn't want them to take him because A, he kind of had an injury history, but also he just was not a reliable player all the time. Like he had that one year, his senior year. Yeah. But aside from that, it's like he's a guy that would just kind of coasted on his talent, but he never showed you that ability to be a great wide receiver. He was just a great utility player. Mm-hmm. And it's just like now he's getting to a point where instead of like to me, I think he's worse off than Sky Moore. Mm-hmm. Sky Moore can't get open, you know, but he's he's not making the amount of costly mistakes that Kadarius is. Mm-hmm. And I think at this point now, this should be the last year that he plays in Kansas City. I know he's got a $2.5 million cap hit next year. I would be willing to eat it if you get a guy off your team that has proven to be a detriment to winning. Mm-hmm. And once you get to that point, I don't think you could bring that guy back because the fans aren't going to be about it. And if he continues to do it next year, now you look really bad for bringing a guy back that you knew you couldn't rely on in crucial moments. Yeah, it's tough. But, I mean, I think it's, you know, Obviously, you can get the opinion of, oh, radio hosts, they don't play football. They don't, not just more so, just like chances. With any example of life, whatever chances you've been given, whatever, I don't know, whatever profession that it is that you have, you screw up multiple times. Eventually, they take something away from you or they tell you, well, maybe this role isn't meant for you. Maybe you should go do something else, and that is blank. I don't know. We'll talk to Pete Sweeney on the other side. That's Kristen and Sarah. I'm Dusty Likens. It's a Monday night, a victory Monday for your Kansas City Chiefs. This is 610 Sports Radio, and you're listening to After Hours. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. night uh pete sweeney in an earlier block because chiefs kingdom show still on tuesday not on monday but a victory monday nonetheless so you can shake all those l's out of your system as now we are joined by the chief editor of arrowhead pride mr pete sweeney how are you this evening i'm doing well and i i think everyone is feeling a little bit better after the the chief snapped a, a little losing streak there i like, you can't even really call a streak it was two games uh, and I, I want to make a point of that about that quick. Mahomes has never lost three games in a row. Uh, so a very good time to be a Chiefs fan. Um, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. 300 yards, uh, had a pretty good game. One of the picks, not his fault. Uh, we saw how frustrated that was on the sideline. Is uh, the Kadarius-Tony experiment, is it officially over, or do you believe when, you know, obviously the coach and the players are going to stand up for their guy, but – you got to kind of believe, man. That's like the third or fourth mistake that's like kind of costed the team. Now it's just kind of like not really changing. Is the is the experiment over? I think it might be. Uh, you know, I'll bring you through the, the last 24 hours or so. I, I wrote in our Arrowhead Pride premiere newsletter, which you can get uh, at arrowheadpride.com slash subscribe, that I believed there would be some kind of role for Tony even ongoing, even, even as much as that might frustrate fans because I, I just think he offers an explosiveness, something to his game that the other receivers do not. And uh, as we went there, we, we spoke with Andy Reid on, on Monday 
And that was my question, essentially, about the opportunities for Tony. Would, would they be limited? And Andy Reid really wouldn't go there. And I think what that probably says is he's not going to publicly say that they might dial back his snaps and his usage and the game planning around him. Uh, but I think that is the plan because a little bit later in the press conference, uh, Andy talked about Richie James. James checked in with the two snaps, uh, and he was still able to have some production. And so he openly admitted and, and was willing to kind of say that they need to play James more on offense, uh, wouldn't go there in either direction with Tony, which tends to make me believe. And you now if you consider there's, there'll be even more snaps to go around now that Sky Moore's heading to IR, uh, that you're going to see James with an up- uptick of snaps. And I do think, to an extent, they dial back Tony. And you wonder about the domino effect of that. Would James now become a receiver? And would they put Kadarius back on special teams as far as returner goes? I would at least like to see that. you got three more games to experiment before these games really count. And so see what you have when it comes to giving the guy that's made the most of his limited opportunities in James and the guy that isn't in Tony. Why don't you flip-flop them and see what you have as far as that receiver room goes. We are talking to Pete Sweeney, which is presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping Kansas City sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results, that's Mark Ferguson. Pete, you kind of alluded to it a little bit in there and then gave a little bit of an example. But with the news that Sky Moore is headed to IR, I just want to make sure I'm correct. He's done for the regular season but could come back in the playoffs. And then the other one is somebody's production's got to go up. Uh, We saw a three tight end set a lot to take away some of Sky Moore and Canaries Tony's snaps, at least from my opinion. We saw your snap count on Twitter for the receivers, but again, very, very loaded question. Sky Moore to IR, uh, what his return can be or when can be, and then obviously who steps up with his role being gone and someone else is in. Yeah, injured reserve means you're out at least for the next four weeks, but who knows if if that is going to be longer. We don't know a ton about the injury. All we know is a knee, and knee and IR is never a good thing. And I just – I think you wonder with Sky if this is the type of year that they just kind of flush down the toilet. Like, even if he was to return, what kind of role would he really have? You know, at that point, um, you know, you'd be at the second round of the playoffs, third round of the playoffs, if if he only did the minimum on IR. And I I just tend to think if there's any problems, injuries, I, I think maybe they have him rehab whatever is going on here and focus on the 2024 season. Uh, this is a player that, uh, probably would like to to move on uh, from 2023 at this point. Uh, was a disappointing sophomore season. He finished with less yardage, yardage than he had last year, uh, and now you see him end the season on an injury. So the regular season is over for Skymore. There is a small potential for the playoffs, but I just tend to think you know they'll have him focus on the 2024 season. And you talk about the production that could be there with with other players. It's not like they were throwing to Sky Moore a ton. Um, and so I don't know if it's really a production question, but it's more of an opportunity question. And just what we're alluding to, you know, you wonder what Richie James is going to have snap-wise now. Uh, as uh, Andy admitted, he needs to get him more involved. Uh, Justin Ross is eligible to return this week. Could he have a few snaps there? And, uh, again, lack of production this year from Sky Moore. Maybe these guys can be a little bit more productive with those snaps. Speaking of someone who's been productive with the snap count going up is Rishi Rice. Um, it appeared yesterday Belichick was going to stick to his guns and just take away 87, and it didn't matter who else was going to go out there and beat you. And if he did, um, they did. They they took away 87. Uh, number four had a pretty damn good productive day. Um, is there a point this season where teams – because obviously you can't take them both away. You kind of have to pick your poison. 
Will there be a moment in this season? I know the, the schedule's kind of bleak. It's Raiders, Bengals, Chargers, uh, not great defenses uh, among those three. But is there, a, is there a way that if we, you know, see the playoff picture unfold, they're going to be like, all right, we got to take away four before we got to take away 87? Or is it still always going to be 87's the guy we don't want to see work? We, we'll, we'll be okay We're taking our chance with a rookie wide receiver who now has uh, over 700 yards receiving. Yeah, I don't know how teams can can continue to do that um, as far as just give all the attention to uh, Travis Kelsey. Now, uh, I, I'm happy uh, to admit here that uh, he's still one of the better uh, tight ends in the league. The production in terms of his standard is a little bit lower than it's been in previous years, and I think he's been getting a ton of attention. But you mentioned Rasheed Rice. You mentioned, mentioned Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, these guys are proven they're they're top of the league too. Uh, I consider uh, Isaiah Pacheco one of the top five running backs in the league, and they get him back this week. And then when it comes to Rasheed Rice, if you really look at the numbers, especially from the last four weeks, uh, he is right there with the top five wide receivers in the league. Period. Not even talking about rookies. He, of course, getting that rookie franchise record for receiving touchdowns this last game. And so, I think if you're the Chiefs, you almost welcome the continued extra attention on Travis Kelsey, but. I think the better defenses and the better defensive minds in the league are going to start to realize that you get, just can't focus on 87 because uh, Rice can do some damage as well. And so I think that's a good problem to have uh, for the Chiefs when you talk about opposing defenses and how they're going to try to figure out ways to, to beat Kansas City. But and I said this on our, our podcast today, which you can get on the AP Podcast Network. I don't know how much we really have to complain about uh, anymore. I mean, I think – you look at the offense right now, and it's three viable weapons. Uh, you get Pacheco back, you have Rice, and he has really broken out toward the end of the season. And you still have um, number 87, and you know we're talking about Travis Kelsey terms of maybe a down year, but he's still eyeing a thousand yards. And you can see what he can do when he does get that one-on-one attention, which may happen more with Rice's emergence and Pacheco and what he's, what he's able to do. So I like the Chiefs' uh, chances. It, it, it does seem. Uh, like the offense is finally clicking to me. And I know people will point to the interceptions yesterday and the problems there, but I I take them away in my mind. You you can think about them if you want, but I I blame both of those picks on on the pass catcher. Blake Bell should have came back to that ball. That ball to Tony was basically in his hands and out, and I'm not sure those are two guys that will be getting the chances down the stretch. So I, I like the Chiefs offense and how it's built itself finally. And now it's finally broken through toward the end of the season here. Nine and five on the season, three games left. Obviously, the next one on Christmas Day. Uh, I think we can all agree they probably went out. I mean, I know Cincinnati's still got a lot of fight, and they won that game in overtime with Jake Browning, who's been pretty decent. But, uh, you know, it's tough all the way around. Obviously, we know the Ravens, they're going to play San Francisco next week, and then in two weeks, they're going to play the Dolphins. Um, you still think two seed, that's where this team's at, and then just try to hope somebody above them falters and you host the AFC Championship game again. That's, I think that's kind of where we're both at. Yeah, you watched Baltimore last night against the Jaguars, and you know they get two opponents next that are, are tough. And they do have to play the 49ers, and, and they have a matchup with the Dolphins. But I, they would have to lose two of the three games remaining, and I think the last game is with the Steelers. And I, I just don't see them losing two out of three. I just think they're too good this year. Uh, so that makes the, the Chiefs uh, in that two slot uh, or in that three slot. I tend to think two seed makes the most sense. The Dolphins have a tough road ahead uh, as well. And so you're really looking at the seven seed. Uh, based upon ESPN projections as of right now, uh, who's got the highest percentage for the seven seed? Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be the Buffalo Bills. Uh, 
at 18 percent so the most likely as far as the percentages go matchup that you're looking at is a wild card rematch uh, with the Buffalo Bills coming to Arrowhead Stadium of course a lot can change we still have three weeks to go there's a lot of games to be played there is a scenario where the Chiefs can get up to the number one seed but uh, interesting matchup to think about Uh, the Bills coming into Arrowhead once again uh, and coming in with a lot of steam and we saw what they were able to do the Dallas Cowboys uh, off a couple weeks here now with a win against the Chiefs could they do it again at Arrowhead and spoil the the Chiefs season where uh, it's been up and down Uh, it'll be a very very interesting three weeks I'm I'm dying to see uh, who the the Chiefs will will play uh, on the wild card weekend Um, you'd obviously like them to get the top seed uh, but they just haven't had to do it in a while. I think with how much parity there's been in the AFC, should be a pretty good matchup. It's not like the 2-7 matchups of previous seasons. I think you're going to get a pretty uh, tough competitor uh, in that seventh slot. Again, we're talking to Pete Sweeney, the chief editor of Arrowhead Pride, presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping Kansas City sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996, integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. Pete, who's your MVP in the NFL right now? Uh it changes every week. Uh, you know, I, I think it first depends on your, uh, you know, your definition of, of value. Uh, I think that it, it shouldn't just be a quarterback award. And I, I think Tyree Kill definitely deserves some of that attention. And I think he could still play his way into a, a serious conversation, especially if the 49ers were to lose a game. And, and then all of a sudden, I think it gets more interesting. I think if I had to pick, and uh, it's, it's all about recency bias, right? But it, it's tough not to pick Lamar Jackson this year. Uh, again, I, I believe, unfortunately, for Kansas Cityans, uh, they're going to finish first in, in the conference. Uh, and that, that team picks through Lamar. And I know Brock Purdy's getting a lot of love. Uh, and maybe this is just a prisoner of the situation type thing. Uh, but I wonder, like, what Mahomes' numbers would look like with the cast of characters that Brock Purdy has. Same thing with Lamar. Um, whereas... Uh, Lamar and Pat have been up against it this year, and I think they put themselves in position to be one and two because of their play. And for me at that point, it's got to go to the number one team, which I project to be the Ravens. And so uh, no Pat this year. I'm not going to give it to Purdy or Tyreek. Uh, I like Lamar Jackson to take it home. You like it more than Christian McCaffrey? Because that's the discussion I'm going to have later tonight is I think he's the uh, – I think he should win it outright. He, you know, it just depends on, on you know, how much you believe that skill position players uh, deserve it. You know, I – I tend to think generally um, they deserve more love. But, and again, is it fair? No, prisoner in the moment type of thing. Mm-hmm. If replace Christian McCaffrey with another running back, uh, where are the 49ers? I mean, I still think they're in a similar position. I mean, I really do. I know that McCaffrey has had a dominant season, um, but I, I, I do feel they're in a similar position based upon the scheme and just all the weapons on the team. And so, uh, you know, you look at Lamar, uh, he's, he's kind of had a similar situation that's weapon-wise. Uh, to the complaints people make about Patrick Mahomes, and they've managed to be two games ahead of the rest of the AFC. Pete, other than uh, Wednesday night before Christmas, hosting with one of the best-looking hosts in uh, the city with Airhead Pride Radio, what do you got going on the rest of this week uh, up to Christmas Day uh, on a Monday noon game for the Chiefs? Yeah, uh, keep it locked in uh, at airheadpride.com. We will be uh, keeping the updates going. Just a reminder, because the Chiefs play on Monday of this week, it's a, it's a lull of two days, Tuesday, Wednesday, less news than usual, so you're going to have to be creative for us on, on Wednesday, Dusty. But this thing will pick up steam on Thursday with the first injury report of the week, and we'll have the five things to watch and all that good stuff at uh, arrowheadpride.com. And if you're 
Always dying for Chiefs news. We do have a podcast network that you can check out, new episodes every day, press conferences, everything you need. So appreciate that uh, opportunity to share what we got going, and I can't wait for Wednesday. All right. Good night, Peter. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. I know this isn't P. Diddy. As we always do these, like, songs that get cut from other songs in the past. Yeah. Yeah. We were, you know, it's funny. Like, I was, I was talking about that mm. uh, this weekend. I, well, did, did you Have you uh, heard about that Enchant thing that they're doing over at Legends Field? Hmm. Uh, it's like this. Basically, they turned Legends Field into, like, this giant, like, kind of winter wonderland type deal. And oh, they have these lights. sync the music? Yeah, it's not. They yeah, they got music there, but it's like they have like all these lights on the field, mm-hmm. and they got like an ice skating rink there mm-hmm. and everything. It's really it's really cool. Are you team ice skating? Uh, no. Okay, I don't do that. I'll, okay. I'll bust my ass. Yeah. And I had I enjoyed watching other people bust their ass on okay. Saturday night. Uh, so yeah, me and my girlfriend, my parents went there mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday night, and we were talking about that. I was like, you know, it's like, like, cause I I have a hobby of. Like listening to songs and figuring out what samples they used, if any, mm-hmm. and I, I've gotten pretty pretty decently good at it. Okay, and it was funny because I was like, you know, like I I do that with people all the time, and I stump them all the time with the samples, mm-hmm. and so it's like a lot of people will associate this with Diddy. Yeah, but it's like oh, the police did this like a decade earlier. Oh yeah. I also love that if you like songs from like the '60s and '70s, people are like, "You're too young to like this." Music. Oh yeah, like we don't have the internet and we can't just. Yeah. You know, listen to it whenever we want. <sighs> oh, hey, you don't know nothing about that. I used to hear that all the time. I was like, yeah, we have the internet now. Like, what do you know yes, about I Frank do. Sinatra? You weren't even <laughs> a glimmer in your mother's eye. Yeah. No, but uh, technology's fun. Um, something else that's fun is fighting crime. So there must not be any crime because the Batman has elected to go to the call line. Batman, the floor is yours. You know that uh, when the werewolf, <laughs> the werewolf is on the air, people listen. You know, everybody listens. It's a holiday season where we're, we we got to have a serious discussion. We got three three ball games left before before ring time, and and you know what? Uh, we I think of all the competition that's out there with us. We have the most favorable schedule left. Uh, it looks like we're starting to pick up some momentum. I can compare this to the other runs, the other seasons when it seemed like uh, some of the time toward the last games, the, the, that last quarter, fourth of the season that Coach Andy was talking, always talks about, uh, it's sort of like our, our red machine kind of like plays possum for a, uh, a period one way or another, has uh, tried some new brands of, of fuel for the, for the machine, new gigs, new running mates, new things. Patrick's going to be the same. Travis is going to be the same no matter what. And with those two, you know that's the combination that cannot be stopped until it stops itself. This is a dynasty run here. I, you know, I mean, we talked about it. People said it was no dynasty, none, none of this. But you and me saw it, bro. And so we started what, in 18 with that, that, that spring practices up there where we were screaming up there. I went up there. 
and we were screaming about this team could could do could have a run of all time, and, and we're right in the middle of it. It's no time to stop now. Before anything happens to the major players that we have here, which is our coaching staff, un- incredible defense, everybody steps up. Everybody steps up on offense. This team cannot be stopped once the machine has been turned loose. You know that's what's going to happen. I'm saying we're going to, as before, we're going to sweep on into the playoffs. The Bills are going to be right there. They're going to contend with us. And the Ravens, the Ravens, are. They, this is their last shot really at it to try to stop us. And they haven't been able to do it. They're not going to be able to do it this time. We're going to take this thing. We're going to go ahead and have one heck of a time at the parade. The bat will physically reveal his his identity to the the crowd, and it will be. We'll drink until the night is old for the next four days. Where I'm going to have you change your name back for this for this championship run. And can I say one other thing, Werewolf, about the Kansas uh, Kansas Jayhawks football and basketball program? Whether the Hawks like 12 and one, you know, they're cruising another national championship contention. They're playing the 26 against the UNLV, and. Uh, the, the the football and and we're gonna on the twenty second the Hawks are playing against Yale, so in the Big Twelve we got what Houston, Oklahoma, BYU, the Hawks we're all undefeated we're all dangerous, I mean this is the best time for sports, basketball football I don't care women's gymnastics it doesn't matter in, in the in the Midwest mainly Kansas I'm not even really gonna discuss Missouri oh. we have the best sports in the United States and you know it Werewolf the thing's on let's do this whole thing let's do it correctly. Let's do it with vigor, with swagger. We watch our injuries. We go ahead, take this thing head on, and you and me, we're wolf. And you know, Pete, we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have Nick the prices right. And we might we might go in the parade. We might go nude, but uh, we'll hide her. We could hide ourselves, but we will be nude on the float. Mm. All right. Well, let's stop it there. I can't be getting nude on a float. <laughs> I was I, I, I zoned out. He's talking about being nude on a float. Mm. Praise be to the Batman. Somebody says, cut the mic. I I can't literally cut Batman's mic. He has a direct line in here. You can hang up on him. He hangs up on himself. I've tried. It just doesn't work. He's the Batman. You can hang up on him. I'm sure you can hang up on him. Nope, I sure can. (laughs) He still calls me the werewolf, though. Yeah, well, that's more reason to hang up on him. Somebody, it, like, never ends. Like, you know when someone gets fired from here? And it's always like, where's oh, so and so? Where's so and so? They just disappear. Just every night we get a we get the same question: Are you really not the dirty werewolf? Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> that is true. Every time, every time someone gets fired or leaves here, they just disappear into, into the, the ether. Yeah, it's gone. We just we never hear about them. Oh, man, that's unfortunately you're no longer the werewolf. From now on, I will not call you that. Can you explain why? Yes, ESPN made the werewolf documentary. I will not be affiliated with that. That's the end of the story. I've done it too many times. So we're done. Uh, this is going to be a quick segment. We can revisit this later on because we have three full hours tonight. But I do want to bring up a cool question. Uh, do we feel comfortable now with the offense? Obviously, the drops, but, like, you have a wide receiver one in Rasheed Rice, right? Last four games, 32 receptions, 333 yards, fourth in the NFL, uh, three touchdowns, and 129.5 passer rating when targeted. I mean, Travis Kelsey was going to be taken away from Bill Belichick's uh, defensive scheme no matter what. We've known that. We know he's going to take away your best player, Gronkowski, like hit on it over and over and over again. And 
I finally feel the point because I think Pacheco will be back next week. Andy Reid talked about that. He'll practice all week. He'll be back. He's here, whatever, after the, the cleanup on the shoulder. I think your offensive identity is there. I think Rasheed Rice is your is your guy outside of Travis Kelsey. I think they're going to run the ball with Isaiah Pacheco and, and, and you know, really get Jarek McKinnon more incorporated now that the ramp-up starts. You might have had some sort of sneaky success with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Again, I'm not going to jump out on a on a limb here and be like, yeah, we need to get him, you know, more snaps. He's done well. He's, he's, he's He did fine in that game yesterday. He had a great catch in the end zone. I'm, I'm, we're good. But again, I think the identity has given you a little bit more confidence in what the offense is moving forward because I think the identity now is it's Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, Isaiah Pacheco, Jarek McKinnon. And then it's, we're going to take away from 19, obviously 24 is on IR, so he's done for the regular season. And we're going to somewhat incorporate other tight end mixes into this offense. But as long as you stop turning the ball over and having penalties, your identity on your offensive side is set. Rasheed Rice is your guy. And finally, a wide receiver in that room stood up and said, hey, give me the ball. And Andy Reid listened and kept going back to the well. This is four straight weeks in a row. Rasheed Rice has been that dude. No. I'm not. You're not comfortable with it yet? No. And, okay. and the reason why is because they make too many mistakes. Yeah. Like, Rasheed still makes mistakes. And, you know, it, I mean, he's starting to make up for him now, but still concerned about the mistakes that he's making during games. Kelsey has not been quite the same Kelsey because he's getting doubled every time, especially on third down, getting doubled every time. So um, it's good to see, you know, you know Rasheed standing up. Uh, you know, starting to step up when they need him. But, I mean, he's the only one. I mean, now we're starting to get playoff Jarrett going. And, uh, you know, obviously Pacheco has, you know, he was in his in his game before the injury. But I still think they got to run more 12, 13 personnel. Got to get Noah Gray involved a little bit more. And I would feel really good about the offense if they were to go get Zach Ertz. Mm, if they get Zach Ertz. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard anything about it. You know, we've heard, oh, he might be close. If they get him, simplify it, run easy routes. You know, he's a good, like, he could be a good third down option. That would give the Chiefs a lot because they don't have to run as many wide receivers. Mm -hmm. They could have Kelsey and him on the field, which is, you know, 12. Or they could have him, Noah, and Kelsey, 13 personnel. And then they could limit the wide receivers they have out there, which would be great Mm -hmm. because then you could have a Rasheed out there and he doesn't have to worry about – he's basically the only wide receiver or him and, and maybe MVS or something. But the the longer that they have to do, to rely on guys like Kadarius and whatnot, I'm not going to really feel all really comfortable with the offense because he's just you know there's so many mistakes there, so many mistakes with MVS. So until something happens there, until they get a little bit more reliable mm-hmm. as far as their pass catchers go, uh, I, I think they've gotten better, but still not great. I'm happy that it's actually just worked. Like the scheme before, before they got Rasheed Rice incorporated, was just more so like. It was just their regular offense. It was just like, what are we going to do? Yeah. We got we to keep trying to throw it to Travis. We're going to try, try to make sure he gets nine, ten targets, eight catches, nine, nine catches, 100 and whatever. Again, you're going to get to a situation, right? You know, she's. you're going to get to a situation where it's like, okay, are you, are you going to take away four? Are you going to take away 87? I think majority of the time, 99% of the time, we're still going to try to take away 87 and try yeah. to see if the rookie can do something. But – Somebody said he might be the best rookie receiver from the draft. Zay Flowers having a pretty damn good year. Uh, no, he's he's ahead of Zay Flowers, but Puka Nakua yeah, has he's been the the, by far the best receiver. Yeah, yeah Puka's the, by far the best, but he's number two right now. Yeah, yeah. 
but you got him in the second round. So again, you got to give Brett Beach credit where credit is due. Yeah, if and you're if, if you're gonna get on him about mm-hmm. Sky Moore, you better give him credit for for Rishi Rice. Rasheed and if Rice. you're not doing that, then you, you shut the hell up. Yeah, because the thing is, Rishi Rice has 740 yards. He's 754. What is it? 754. Oh, okay. Then Pete Sweeney's a liar. Yeah, he's a liar. He says he has 740 yards and counting on the season. I just, I, I nice. looked it up. I just did it on the podcast. Okay. I just did it on the podcast. I looked it up. Okay. Unless they did a stat correction. I don't know. I mean, he sent this out at 1.44 p.m. on December 17th. So that must yeah. have been before the game was over. Apparently. Yeah, it must have been before so the game was over. So 7.54. So he needs 246 yards for 1,000. Yeah. He's going to get it. A good chance. This is a good chance. He'd be the most yards for a rookie wide receiver since Dwayne Bowen. He'd be your first thousand wide receiver since Tyreek Hill left the team. Because obviously you didn't have one last year, and this year he's on the prime for that 1,000-yard season. you love to see it. Coming up on the other side, a quick look at the playoff picture and what Peter Schrager had to say. Again, Chiefs don't have control of the one seed, but the pressure might be too much for two other teams. We'll get into that on the other side. Listen after our 610 Sports Radio. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. We'll save the playoff picture for the other side, but also coming up a little bit later in the 7 o'clock hour, we'll dive into the MVP race because I do think it's kind of interesting because there is some logic you could use from years past as to why the MVP would favor my position. But you could also use other numbers as to why what I say is completely wrong because it's a quarterback award. Um, I don't think a quarterback deserves it this year. That's just my personal opinion. I'll explain why a little bit later in the 7 o'clock hour. Um... But I kind of want to go back to this Rasheed Rice conversation for a little bit. Because I don't think, and I know this is probably, you know, not the greatest, you know, upbeat conversation, but I still don't think that Rasheed Rice is a wide receiver one in this offense. And he's close to 1,000 yards as a rookie. Talk me out of it. You can't. I'll listen. But I still think the move in the offseason is to pair him with a top-notch wide receiver. And I had a conversation on Twitter with Alex Gold a little bit as I was like, you know what? I think if you're anybody like Brett Veach, you just back the Brinks truck up to Michael Pittman Jr. And he's like, well, I think Cincinnati would be the better place to go and look for T. Higgins because they have the weapons around Joe Burrow already where they can be a, you know, they can afford to maybe let somebody like that go. And as we see the T. Higgins catch from this Sunday, that was just absolutely insane. Or Saturday, that was an insane catch. I think I'd still rather have like a Michael Pittman Jr. And I get it. He's, you know, somebody the Colts are probably going to try to re-sign. But again, we've we've seen Jim Irsay do weird things before. And I don't know if I trust Jim Irsay to be like, you know what? I'm going to give a wide receiver a five-year, $135 million contract. I don't know if the Chiefs do that. But I think that we can see that the main frustration on this Chiefs team is that they have now one receiver that I think the quarterback trusts. Obviously, the tight end is not a receiver, but he has the trust there. But I mean... Man, Rasheed Rice, man, if he's your number two, I don't know if he's a number one. Maybe. Maybe he is. I just feel like he has that number two quality. Like, he has that sort of T. Higgins vibe if I'm, you know, giving you that sort of that take. But, I mean, is he a wide receiver one? I don't know. What, seven touchdowns? He said 754 yards. Rookie, probably going to get better. You'd think going to get better. Going to get more comfortable with Patrick Mahomes. They were showing him run routes where it was one of those, like, zone read routes where they were putting that on the rookie and yeah, it's it's, it's, it, yeah, it's and it worked out like they showed it a couple of times in the game where they're like here's how you know the 
you know, the appreciation level is growing for him with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because they're letting him run them like Juju Smith-Schuster routes, and he was finding himself open, and that's why Patrick Mahomes is feeling more and more comfortable because the, the, the mindset is now becoming more and more of the same. And that's the reason why it's so hard for guys like KT and mm-hmm. Sky to get it because they're just used to running routes. They're yeah. not used to adjusting their routes based on coverage, which is what the Chiefs want. That's why it's so hard for them to for receivers to learn the offense. Um, yeah, I, I I do think that they should look into yeah. getting a number one wide receiver. I would prefer Higgins over Michael Pittman Jr. because I think that he's more attainable. And just because I think Higgins is a more dynamic player. But I will say this. I... Definitely think even if they do go wide receiver and free agency, they should still draft one in the first round too. Just Fair. because I want them to load up on as much talent as they can. Why not? Because you just cannot have what happened this year ever again no. under Mahomes. And I think this was like the eye opener, right? This is one where like, yeah. you know, maybe you try to go cheap on a trip, right? You're like, you know, we'll just pack some sandwiches, whatever. Then you're like, Ah, some of them got like water in the bags. Now it's ruined. Next year, you know what? We'll stop two or three times, spend a little money on food, whatever. We can we can do it. We just didn't want to because we thought we'd get by. And then all of a sudden this year in football, each is like, not going to go get a guy like Hopkins. Not going to get a guy like Thielen. Not going to get a guy like OBJ, which maybe they all were attainable. Maybe the Chris Jones sort of situation kind of fluctuated where they went on that. I'm not sure I was in that, in that room to know. But I do think this is the year where it's like, you never seen Pat this frustrated. Andy Reid's not that frustrated. They both got what fined a total of one hundred fifty thousand dollars over the weekend. Yeah, egregious. Come on, hundred grand. Fine. It was fine. hundred yeah, grand. It was fine. They're not crying about it. They knew. You know, it'd be a good flex if Andy Reid went to the podium with like a hundred grand candy bar the next time. He'll never do that. But that no, was it, so I think it'd be funny if he just walked in with stacks of cash and uh, just pulled dude. them out and put them on the podium. That would like, yeah, change I, I everything. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I, I think. A, I think Veach was kind of doing smartest guy in the room okay. with what he was doing, okay. and it just didn't work out. That's fair. And it has worked out in the past. It did not work out this time. That's just part of the game when you try to do that. Right. You're going to have some misses. Every general manager has misses. It's just part of the game. But so, I respect. I, I think the Chiefs will overcorrect on this problem in uh, the offseason. Some breaking news tonight in the Monday Night Football game that we both – Yes, we both stayed away from betting junkies, football junkies. One put money on Drew Locke. <laughs> Drew Locke officially the starter tonight. Praise be for Lee Summit's own. Let's get this win tonight for the Seattle Seahawks. I don't know why I'm rooting. I just, I'm that guy. I'm a Drew Locke fanboy. It is what it is. Coming up on the other side, we'll dive into what is that playoff picture, what Peter Schrager had to say. Because, again, I know the Chiefs aren't in the lead in the fast lane, but pressure is more so on other teams than the Chiefs. Plus, I think I know what their seeding will be, and I'm fine with it. This is After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. After Hours with Dusty Likens is brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. And by Casey Bobcat. Save now on your Bobcat loaders and excavators at Casey Bobcat at Blue Springs, Olathe, or Tracy. 610 Sports Radio. 